Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hey, y'all. Seven Rounds in Heaven is back. We're brought to you by Sports Drink. Julio Jones is a Tennessee Titan after all. Keep Atlanta weird. Is I, Rob Paul, a.k.a. a reporter striving to be an NFL beat reporter just to overhype players in practice months before the season. And with me, as always, is AJ. If pitchers doctor baseballs, do quarterbacks doctor footballs? Marchese. Yeah, we're not we're not talking about Deflategate again. I That was the worst year of my life. <laughs> Two years? How long did that go on for? And it's happening again with Garrett Cole for you. I know. I love it this time. I love it this time. Uh, support, support Fishers. Today, we're going to go through every team in the league's potential breakout player for the 2021 NFL Whoa. season. Let's hit it. Going out to Vegas. Going to set my draft. Going to set my draft. On fire. Seven. Seven. Seven, seven, seven rounds in heaven with my lady driving out to Vegas, baby, looking for a Stingley or Thibodeau, who's gonna bat it on draft day, who's gonna wager future picks away, who's gonna reach for a blue blood. Lineman, the home team. Let's go seven rounds. Let's go seven rounds together. Let's go seven rounds forever. And that's a song. Have you ever wanted to sit down before or even after the game and get in on the sports talk action? AJ, you? Sit down? No way. I'm standing up and getting my takes out. Well, I've got just the app for you. It's a live audio-only sports talk platform. It's free to download and to use. You can talk to your favorite podcast hosts, other fans, athletes, and insiders in real time. It's called Locker Room, and it's perfect for watch parties, debates, post-game breakdowns, and reacting to breaking news. You can share your own experiences on the app, and who wouldn't want to do that like AJ does uh, every time my Islanders win a game and AJ gets all disgruntled because AJ's Leafs suck and my Islanders are the best. Furious. Uh, it's pretty great being an Islanders fan. We're, we're playing the Bruins right now. It's game six. We're going to win, and uh, then you can listen to AJ cry on Locker Room about it afterwards. Uh, and to do that, all you have to do is download the Locker Room app free in the iOS App Store, create a profile, link your Twitter, and join the group. Follow folks like AJ who are breaking down all these crazy NHL playoff games or, or anyone else you, you fancy. Uh, and, and they'll go live, and when they go live, you'll be notified on the Locker Room app. 
Speaking of going live, my Islanders just scored a goal. <laughs> I had to hold my tongue. But that wasn't the transition I was looking for. Uh, speaking of going dead, the Atlanta Falcons uh, and, and um, their confusing plans. They obviously this this past uh, these last couple days they shipped Julio Jones to the Tennessee Titans with a six round pick, a twenty twenty three six round pick. Uh, for just a 2022 second and a 2023 fourth. Seems kind of strange considering they passed on a franchise, potential franchise quarterback uh, with the fourth overall pick. That made you think they're in win-now mode, which made you think they would want to keep Julio, pair him with Kyle Pitts and Calvin Ridley, get Matt Ryan cooking. Uh, instead, they, they trade Julio for, I don't know, h- half of his worth, maybe. A Marvin Jones package? Best. I mean, uh, Mohamed yeah, Sanu yeah, package. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I, I'm not totally sure what Terry Fontenot is doing, the new Falcons GM. Um, it just the, – the point has been made a million times now that uh, it's just strange how NFL teams mm-hmm. value things. Like you look at the, – the, I think the Jets were using this as an example. Essentially, the, the, the Jets used two first-round picks – to acquire a guard 14th overall, but no one was willing to give up a first round pick for Julio Jones and the Falcons just took whatever they could get. It's also funny when uh, teams seem to care about the cap and when they don't like, I I do think the cap hit played into Julio. um, At least for like the, in terms of how, how great his offers would have been. But um, then sometimes you just see teams absolutely not care about the cap. Um, Apparently, this was the best offer they had on the table, um, and they took it. I mean, it, it's also kind of funny that, you know, Arthur Smith moves to Atlanta and then trades him back to Tennessee. Uh, but I think, well. yeah, I think I think people are forgetting that he asked for this trade, though, right? So, I like, at first, like, I mean, you can go back and listen. We were both saying, why the fuck would you trade Julio Jones? Um, but when he, when he wants out, there's not much you can do. But they knew he wanted out before the draft. That's what I mean. That's why yeah. it's just when you factor that in, if it was a out of the blue thing, he he's done in Atlanta, disgruntled, wants out, and you just find out. Yeah, it's it's more understandable. But when you factor in that they've known, and they still opted, it, hey, we love Kyle Pitts on this show. I think both of our number two prospects in the draft. But yeah, you don't pass on a potential franchise quarterback for a tight end. Uh especially if you're operating as if you're not necessarily trying to win now. Um, it just, it, it all seems so very strange. Uh, yeah, it's a little bit. I assume it's... a lot of Kyle Pitts talk uh, through through the NFL season on this show, though, because he's going to get the targets for sure. Yeah, that's for sure. And uh, the pressure, I don't want to say pressure, but the, the, the impact, like he's got to perform immediately now. You know what I mean? Like they – there's so much hype around Kyle Pitts. Um, like I, I, I don't know if I've, I can remember a, a, a pass catcher as hyped or as like expected to do great things immediately as Kyle Pitts is. You know what I mean? Like people were already talking like he's gonna have a thousand yards, um, guaranteed. And you know, people were talking well, like as he was getting drafted that he's a he's a lock for a Hall of Famer. And like I'm not saying those are well, they're kind of crazy. But I'm not saying when yeah. you watch them, they're ridiculous things to say. But it's just the heat's going to get turned up on Kyle Pitts. And uh, we've seen tight ends take a lot. Every tight end takes a while to, to get acclimated in the NFL. So, like, 
I don't want to see a bunch of stupid takes if he's got, you know, uh, 400 yards by week eight and two touchdowns. You know what I mean? Like, I, again, I'm not, I, I I'm not think, doubting his greatness, but I'm just saying I don't want to see no. dumb takes. I, I think it's a good take, though, uh, to say that removing quarterbacks from th- this question, who has the most pressure on them among rookies, it's, it's him. Yeah. Not only because he's the first non-quarterback drafted – and in the highest draft tight end in NFL history. Yeah. But now it's more uh, almost, I don't want to say he has to fill the shoes of Julio Jones, but he's taking on at least some of that Julio Jones pressure now that, that Julio is off in Tennessee rocking that number two. Um, alternatively, for the Titans, especially given their rocky drafting under John Robinson, pr- pretty great move. Yeah, no, this is a slam dunk home run for the Tennessee Titans. I mean, obviously receiver was a huge need for them, too. Yeah, and they obviously they took Des Fitzpatrick in the fourth round, bit of a reach. Um, And and they signed Josh Reynolds in free agency. Uh, But it it was – they lost Corey Davis. They lost Johnny Smith. It was was essentially A.J. Brown was the only trusted at least – obviously A.J. Brown's a pro bowler, but, like, you you could argue – prior to this trade, they didn't even have a confirmed average pass catcher behind A.J. Brown. And uh, now you've got two yeah. Pro Bowl talents. Um, Des Fitzpatrick, Josh Reynolds is your three and four. You still have no tight end, but uh, Julio takes some, some pressure off that, I guess. Um, it, it's uh, it, it seems like a very worthwhile move for a, a team like Tennessee that should win the AFC South, is expected, at the, given the rest of the division, expected to win the AFC South. And again, John Robinson doesn't have the greatest track record with drafts. So maybe the, they uh, they should go that Rams route and uh, sell picks for Pro Bowl, confirmed Pro Bowl players. Yeah, hey, uh, go get go get Stephon Gilmore too if he's actually on the block. Heck yeah. Um, I will add though, you mentioned Arthur Smith. Tra- uh, obviously, he doesn't trade Julio. No. It's uh, Terry Fontenot, but Arthur Smith leaving Tennessee for Atlanta, and then this happens. Well, Mike Vrabel's from the Belichick, uh, essentially, in theory, from the, mm-hmm. he didn't coach for Belichick, but he's a Belichick disciple. Is he learning from Belichick to send his sleeper cells around the league? That's the question people need to be asking. <laughs> hey, it's all in the AFC, like all of Belichick's are. Were all of Belichick's spinoffs in the AFC too? Like pretty much, right? Off the top of my head, I have no idea, but uh, it I'm, seems like it, though, right? I'll like, say I can't, sure, yeah, no, no, I know that that just popped in my head, but it seems like it. Anyways, so he's he kicked it to the to the NFC this time, but no, it's uh, it, it's a good question. It's a good question. People are talking, but but the better question is AJ, who's a breakout player on every NFL team? <laughs> that's that's what, what the people want. It's uh, in in early June. That's what the people are asking. They want to know who exactly is going to break out on their team, um, with the stipulation that they're at least in their third year or later. Mm-hmm. Uh, because it, it you, I mean, breaking out as a rookie, that you, you never broke in because you're just already in. Exactly. And now you've broken out, you can't right, and that that makes sense. Yep. Second year, you're kind of expected to break out. Exactly. I would say if you're a high draft pick, third years when it starts, it, uh, third years kind of that up in the air year. If a guy doesn't break out in their third year, are they ever going to break out? So that's why third year is the cutoff. But you could go later if you want. If you have a 12th year breakout guy, that's on you. Um, but yeah, so uh, we'll just go through. 
AFC East, NFC East, how we always do everything. And uh, we'll tell, I don't know AJ's, AJ doesn't know mine. And uh, it'll be a lot of fun, won't it, AJ? Aren't you excited? Yeah, I'm super excited, Rob. Good to hear. <laughs> uh, shall I start because the AFC is better than the NFC? Uh, no, you can start because the AFC is an A and the NFC is an N and we go by alphabetical order. Yeah, you're, you've always been the alphabetical one. The numbers in the alphabet, your two strengths. Uh, okay, <laughs> the AFC East. Things. Yeah. Start, starting with the Buffalo Bills. And now, uh, l- let me add this. Um, the vast majority of my guys are 2019 NFL draft picks. Um, I, I feel like that that's somewhat common, be just because, again, third year is generally the breakout year. Uh, we also kind of, now I'll put an asterisk beside this, avoided anyone who has made a Pro Bowl because if you make a Pro Bowl, you that mean, that mean but that means you broke out just like Mitch Trubisky did when he made his Pro Bowl. <laughs> yeah, sorry. So, I, I, Jared Goff, two Pro Bowls, he's not my Lions pick. But he would have been. He would have been, yeah, for sure. Okay, so uh, later I will defend why I have a pro, two different Pro Bowl guys. Oh, um, my God. But, but for now, I don't have any. And we'll start with the AFC East. We'll start with the Buffalo Bills and my picks at Oliver. Ninth overall pick, 2019 draft, entering his third year. Still just 23. We've seen the flashes. That that 2019 NFL draft was loaded at defensive tackle. We all loved Ed Oliver. Now, we didn't think he was going to be the Aaron Donald. But we thought this might be uh, that that disruptive, undersized, electric playmaker on the interior. And it hasn't totally happened yet. Uh, eight sacks in two years. Um Again, some flashes. That Bills defense was pretty brutal last year. He didn't take that leap you kind of expected. Uh, I, I think it's 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 coming this year. That's my bet. What do you think? Uh, if we if we included second year guys last year, he would have been on our list. I think he was on our list. Yeah, I mean, I, I think we, we we both still fully believe in Ed Oliver. Like eight, realistically, eight sacks over two years for an interior guy uh, is not bad at all. But with expectations of Ed Oliver. It's a little disappointing. Um, I think it's coming too. I, I'm not giving up at all. Um, uh, uh, yeah, I'm, re- I'm ready to see him be more of a disruptive gap shooting. Yeah, yeah. We saw like glimpses last yeah, year. No, even he's more. had some games. He's yeah. had some games. Yeah, it hasn't helped that that Bills D line has been pretty inconsistent around him as yeah. well. Uh, they've obviously now invested in that, uh, taking two edge rushers in the first two rounds. Um, I, I, I'm hoping this is the year we see. At least more splash plays from him at the because I think at the very least that was kind of the general thought with him would be he he would be making splashy big plays whether he becomes a consistent player or not. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, I think it's gonna and, take. I think it's gonna take, and he's gonna be. Uh, it, is he making the Pro Bowl this year, Rob? That's the big question. Well, I've got like three more defensive tackles <laughs> in this division alone, so I don't know. I don't think I have a single uh, defensive tackle, so there you go. You don't? No. It's because they're all drafted in the 2019 draft to the AFC. There you go. Um, yeah, I don't think I do off the top of my head. Uh, I mean, you know me. Um, I'm usually pretty offense heavy, but uh, I don't think any defense tackles, no. Uh, jumping to the Miami Dolphins, speaking of defensive tackles, I put Christian Wilkins here. Mm. Another guy, 2019 NFL Draft, 13th pick. Couple picks later. Was kind of brought in to help set that culture up in Miami. A little older older than Oliver, already going to be 25 at the start of the year. 
Um, he, he, I, I would say I'm less confident it actually happens for. Yeah. Uh, I, I think he is more likely to become a, just a solid player, uh, a solid contribute like starter. Um, I think the, the flashes have been less with him. Um, Miami doesn't have a lot of, because they've drafted so many guys in the last two years. They don't have a lot of third year or later guys I, I, I could really pinpoint. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and Wilkins felt like the kind of the obvious one. Yeah, no, I mean, and the way, the way you just laid out his expectations, it, it was kind of that way between Oliver and, and Christian Wilkins before the draft. Um, I don't think either of us thought he should be a top 15 guy, but like weren't surprised he was because of the leadership qualities and stuff like that. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I still like Christian Wilkins. I, just, I don't think he's going to be a big old breakout Pro Bowl guy ever, but um, I, I think it's fair to call him a breakout in terms of like just kind of like finally cementing himself on that Dolphins front, you know? Yeah, like sol- solid starter is what yeah. I, I, I think you're looking at with him. Um, just to put Ed Oliver's uh, numbers in perspective, Ed Oliver, eight sacks, 14 quarterback hits. Uh, Wilkins, three and a half sacks, seven quarterback hits, two seasons apiece. Um, F, uh, screw it. I'll, I'll go out of alphabetical order just to add <gasps> that. With my jet, my Jets pick is Quinn Williams, who I think you can make the argument he already has broken out. But I mean, you got people like Bucky Brooks saying he's not good. So I don't. <laughs> I, don't I think this is the like Quinn Williams this year. By the end of the year, no one's going to be having any doubt that he is a stud. Um, especially now that Robert Sal is in town, I think yeah. adding that into the equation too. Um, I, I mean, I think you could argue Quinn Williams was deserved of a Pro Bowl last season. Yeah, uh, third or obviously third overall pick, twenty nineteen. Same draft as, drafts as those other two. <clears throat> Nine and a half sacks, twenty quarterback hits, twenty six games, less games than both, more production than both as a pass rusher. Um, and yeah, you you add Sal into that equation, I think Quinn Williams has become one of the best defensive tackles in the league pretty quickly um, over the next two years. And he he is if you watch him he has lived up to expectations being that third overall third overall pick like he is a freak with his uh, like <clears throat> with his ability um, to create pressure and, and, and shoot gaps and, and make plays in the backfield um, and, and anchor down too like I think it's you, between those three he is clearly the best pass rusher. Mm-hmm. And I think he's clearly the best run defender. You don't see uh, an interior defensive lineman have that impressive of a year on such a bad defense very often. Yeah, like it, it just even just by the numbers last year, fifty-five tackles, seven sacks, ten TFLs, fourteen quarterback hits. Like just sheer numbers on paper, that's a Pro Bowl defensive tackle. Yeah, no, and for then sure. you watch the tape. He's better. He's, he's even better than that. I I think to to me, I think to the to a lot of maybe more plugged in folk, you would just call him a breakout player already. But I think he actually gets to earn that. Like he'll be named to the pro bowl this year. He'll become a household name this year. No. Yeah. Like, like and, I think it's fair to call him a breakout because he's still ascending too. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And then finally in the, in the, in the new England area, um, they're, they're another tough team uh, to, to hammer down someone. I picked Damien Harris. I think he's the most talented uh, and consistent running back on their roster. Yeah. Um, obviously, just 12 games in two years. Basically didn't play as a rookie. Uh, just over 700 yards rushing. 87th pick, 2019 NFL draft. Um, you, you saw he was the most consistent runner last year. 
the contact balance in the in the vision really stood out. I think you want to see him impact the passing game more frequently. Just seven targets um, in his career, but now that they've they're potentially building this offense around Mac Jones and slash Cam Newton's can be healthy. I, th- I think you're going to get to see a lot more of Damian Harris. I also think the Sony Michelle experience is pretty much dead. Yeah. Um, and, and it's going to be a lot more of Damian Harris is that that true rundown back. James White is your pass catcher, and Ramondre Stevenson is your uh, your short yardage guy. I, I totally think so, too. I think it's Harris's backfield to lead this year. Um, yeah, like it, it, if you if you watch New England games last year, he was the, easily their most consistent rusher. In just t- in just ten games, <clears throat> and, and as long as he's healthy, I think it's uh it's pr- pretty clearly he's the the most consistent back too. Like he had three hundred yard games last year, and like Sony Michelle is nothing. No, no <laughs> offense, <laughs> that that's that seemed mean. Uh yeah, Sony Michelle, um, big bust. Big uh, bust. I, I said that, and then the Bruins scored. Yeah, Belichick listening to me. Boston's always gonna have something, man. They can't. They can't have nothing. You know that. Apparently, I hate Marshawn. Okay, anyway, <laughs> Marshawn is like. You know what's awesome about Marshawn is that like his face suits his him so well. Like you know what I mean. Like he's such. Like you just want to punch him. Okay, in back it. on track. Give us your <laughs> NFC East. Uh, you know who's got a Save lovely face. <laughs> Uh, hey, I'm throwing this one back, going way back to the 2017 draft. Uh, the Macarena was sweeping the nation, and the Dallas Cowboys <laughs> landed uh, Blake Jarwin. I'm throwing it back with Blake Jarwin, who uh, was definitely a breakout candidate last year, um, and it didn't happen. He tore his ACL uh, week one. Uh, but th- they invested in him before the start of last year, gave him a three-year, uh, $24 million contract. Uh, with Dak co- coming back, um, the Cowboys' offense should be explosive. Um, they obviously have a loaded a wide receiver. Um, Jarwin definitely feels like he's he's he can be in line for that Robert Tonyan type of breakout. And um, we like I'm not saying he's a great player or anything, but uh, c- compared to um, 2019, where he had 31 catches, 365, three touchdowns, I, I think like he's going to um, going to make some noise, like some Tonyan type of noise on on a good offense this year for the Cowboys. He uh he he's taking Dalton Schultz's job. I think so. I think he's more talented. I you know I was a big Dalton I, Schultz fan. I think he's more talented than Dalton Schultz. Yeah, you, you can kind of imagine Jarwin being more of the focus as pass catching wise. And yeah, Schultz, Schultz is a better blocking. blocker. Exactly. Um, yeah. Yeah. No. No. I, I think uh, I like not not saying he's going to have that same Tunyon jump, but I like just when you're that fourth method to feed with the other three pass catchers being so talented. You're seeing a lot less, uh, a lot less coverage. Jump into the G-men. Um, kind of an, a tough team to, to pick for. Uh, I, I'm gonna Daniel go back. Jones. Sorry, Daniel Jones. Yeah, Daniel 2019. Jones. My pick. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna go with a guy that I believed in before the draft. Maybe hasn't quite lived up to expectations, or he hasn't lived up to expectations. Will Hernandez, the the guard for the Giants. Obviously, uh, the Giants' offensive line has been a mess since he's got in there. Uh, Hernandez basically lost his job to Shane Lemieux last year after he tested positive for COVID. Um, but he's more te- uh, talented than Shane Lemieux. And it's not like the, the offensive line was good when he threw Lemieux in there. Um, but it's definitely now or never for Will Hernandez. Um, and on paper, you look at this Giants offense, they added in the offseason, obviously, uh, Kenny Galladay. Um, it looks really talented on paper. 
but it all hangs on Daniel Jones and Jones's potential somewhat success <laughs> at the at the ceiling uh, probably rests on this offensive line holding up, and they they need Will Hernandez to step up big. So just throwing back to what I thought of him before the draft um, and the expectations, and they need him. I, I think I think it's got to be Will Hernandez's year to step up there. I, I think that's a good one too because it, it, again, like I think after his rookie year, you th- you you saw enough and given yeah the thoughts. Obviously, everyone's kind of biased for a, 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 a bit of time um, in how they view a player based on how, the, how they viewed them as a prospect. Uh, so I, I think after his rookie year, a lot of people thought you would see a big jump from mm-hmm. him, and then you didn't. And then it, it, after the, the, the second year, not seeing that happen either, kind of worrisome. Um, for sure. Getting just – but I, they seem more theoretically poised to – be a more consistent offensive line this year you would you would hope hope yeah because there was a lot of youth on that especially not having eight soldier last year now at least having one veteran they also like just shuffled guys around a lot for the sake of shuffling guys around yeah um i didn't i mean you can't like how they handled the offensive line last year to be completely honest no i mean everything about it was bad yeah, exactly. So, so at least we've seen it from Hernandez in some capacity, and you, you know he's a good football player. You just gotta gotta hope that that whole line kind of comes together. Um, okay, this is my only guy that is in quotation marks made a Pro Bowl. Okay, he technically I, this was a mystery to me because I didn't know he made the Pro Bowl, and he only technically made the Pro Bowl because it was only in Madden. I don't understand this. I generally don't understand what the fuck the Pro Bowl is anymore. Because he made it because of Madden. So I'm ignoring it. He didn't make the Pro Bowl. It's Miles Sanders. Sorry, he made the Pro Bowl because of Madden? I don't understand. So, okay. So I looked at his Wikipedia page. because He had 800 yards last year and three touchdowns. So I didn't think he... Sorry. uh, Yeah. Six touchdowns. Sorry. So I'm like, Miles Sanders never made a Pro Bowl. And I saw it. I'm like, what? So I Googled it. And it's it was something like the, the Madden... Player vote? I don't fucking know. It was him in the NFC and Clyde Edwards-Alaire in the in the AFC. <laughs> like, why are okay. they credited for the Pro I Bowl? I don't know what to do with this information. Uh, the reason I really wanted to talk about it is because I have no idea what the fuck this means. Anyways, I'm ignoring it. Uh, Miles Sanders did have a good year last year. He missed a lot of. He missed like four games too. Um, 800 yards. Uh, his, his receiving was down. Uh, I think he's gonna have a hundred uh, thousand yards rushing for the first time in his career this year. Um, my my one argument is they bring in Kyrion Johnson. They got production in Boston Scott last year. Yeah, they got Jordan Howard in the room. They yeah. got a lot of running backs in that room, and then draft Kenny Gainwell. Are you like I, I think pretty clearly he is the most talented runner of that group, and the most explosive playmaker of that group. So are, are you thinking as long as he's healthy, he owns that yeah. that true top back role? I think so. I think if Gamewell is doing anything, it's maybe some third downs. But um, yeah, I, I don't. None of none of those guys concern me. I mean, he had a, he had a, he did have a good year. he had a Pro Bowl year last year. Up, you can't forget that. <laughs> like he he had he had like five point three yards per carry. Um, the receiving was down. Maybe that receiving jumps back up a bit. Um, cause he had fifty catches as a rookie. They did a good job. But then he only had twenty eight and almost two hundred yards last year. Um, but yeah, no, I, I definitely think he's it's his it's his backfield to lead. 
Especially uh, the offensive line should, shouldn't be so shit this year too. Like, I, I think he's gonna hit a thousand yards. Uh, no, that's fair. And uh, Washington football team, look, if we're just picking guys to become Pro Bowl players for the first time, Washington has an easy, easy choice, and it's Terry McLaurin. He had, he had 1,100 yards last year, four touchdowns with garbage quarterback play. Um, I will say, I think Twitter seems to be in love with, with Fitz too much. I think it's I think the, the expectations are a little too much, but I, he's definitely an upgrade. And he's going to be way more fun to watch, uh, watching him huck it to McLaurin than whatever the hell last year was. So I think Terry's an easy, easy choice to make the leap. And you could also, honestly, you could have also went with Montez Sweat. He had nine sacks last year. You could see double digits easy. Uh, Washington's Washington was one with a, with an easy picks on both sides of the football compared to some teams that had some difficult picks through the whole fifty three man roster. Did you just pick Terry McLaurin to break out? He never made a Pro Bowl. Okay, yeah, but te- I mean, and I think he's gonna have a Terry bigger McLaurin, year. Terry McLaurin, everyone, it's like Terry McLaurin's considered a, a top ten wide receiver in the NFL. I think that. I was more doing this. Shocked. At, this was a protest. I mean, you gotta. You can't just pick a dude who everyone that that that'd be like me picking Wyatt Teller for Cleveland. Wyatt Teller broke out. Wyatt Teller's an All Pro type player. He just hasn't technically made one. He had four touch. I think he's gonna have a bigger year. I think he's gonna have thirteen hundred, a hundred catches. I also say Montez Sweat. I gave you two shouldn't names. It be, sh- shouldn't it be viewed as how he is viewed, regardless of? I mean, McCole Hardman's made a Pro Bowl. Mm-hmm. Like the the Pro Bowl's just like as a specialist that's like though. guideline. You don't think Terry McLaurin's broken out already? Yeah, sure, but I mean, I'm just saying as why didn't he make a Pro Bowl? Well, Especially when Miles Sanders made a Madden, Pro Bowl last year. Madden didn't vote him in. <laughs> yeah, I don't understand. Why were they both running right, backs I, too? I will contest that, but I say I Montez be, Sweat too. Pick one of the two. Congrats. I don't know, he's an Are we sure we want to pick him? He's what? What'd you say? He's an anti-vaxxer. Everyone is. Everyone is. Look at look at anything on Twitter. Everyone is. Did you pick Sam Darnold for Carolina? Of course. He's <laughs> okay. It's, moving it's, to the AFC, yeah. AFC North. Uh, to to my baby. Uh, starting in Baltimore. This is almost more of a pick based on the the history of Baltimore pass rushers, uh, and they're they're maybe slower development that eventually leads to a comp pick down the road. Um, <laughs> and the pick, the, this guy almost has to break it because of the lack of depth uh, in Baltimore on the edge. It's Tyus Bowser. That's my pick. They took him 47th overall. Normally, mm-hmm. Baltimore does a great job taking guys outside of the first round uh, and, and developing them into playmakers. I mean, just look at Zadarius Smith, look at Matt Judon, uh, guys like that. Um, eh. And, and Bowser hasn't really happened for. He's been a bit of a tweener. He's now settling into a true starting edge role, uh, basically just because he have, has to. They drafted away in the first round, but I, I find it hard to imagine away playing more than like sixty percent of the snaps from yeah. the jump. Uh, Bowser just ten and a half sacks in four seasons. Uh, again, has moved around a lot, but th- this it's to me it's screen like. Even regardless of how my feelings of watching Tyus Bowser, it just screams Baltimore that he'll he'll have a great year. <laughs> yeah. And then another year. And then, like, I think they signed him to an extension before he 
They signed him last offseason to a four-year extension. Or, sorry, they, they, in, in March. Four years, $22 million. So, to me, that says they, they see something there. Yeah. And uh, they're, they're they're trying to get him on the cheap in that moment. And, uh, yeah, so that, that that's kind of it. just so much makes sense for Baltimore. It makes so much sense for Baltimore for this to be. Yeah, you picking him here is like giving him that extension where you haven't seen it yet, but you're banking on it. Yeah. I'm also from the Aussie Newsome tree. Uh, in Cincinnati, pretty pretty obvious pick to me would be Jonah Williams. Just yeah. ten starts in two years, only been healthy for ten games in two years, started all of them. Eleventh pick in the 2019 NFL Draft to be that franchise left tackle. Obviously, missed his whole rookie year, got banged up late in year two. Looked solid, not spectacular, but looked promising. And if you look at it as that being his rookie year on a bad offensive line, I think you're pretty excited for what's to come from Jonah Williams. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and them not taking Panesua and they, them taking Jamar Chase really means that he has to be that dude at left tackle. They sign Riley Reef at right tackle. That's a really solid starter there, uh, especially for a team like Cincinnati. I think this year Jonah Williams um, reminds people why he was considered one of the top uh, offensive lineman in the 2019 NFL draft and, and, and starts to look like that franchise left tackle. I think that is the definite pick for the Bengals. And like, if they could choose anyone to, to break out, I think he'd be the pick. Agreed. Uh, and Hey, this is a bit of a callback. Was it, I think two episodes ago when you were taking, talking about David Njoku, that's my pick for Cleveland. Ooh. Okay. So first round pick 2017, uh, Four years in, just over 1,200 yards, inconsistent role, uh, crowded tight end room. They they signed Austin Hooper last offseason to a lucrative deal. They draft Harrison Bryant, who looked pretty good as a rookie. But put, putting those three, like, gun to my head, you're, you're asking me who I'm taking? I'm banking on the, uh, still banking on that upside of David Njoku. The freak athlete, I think – if you took his 10 best plays from last season and took Austin Hooper's, you would think Njoku's the guy who's made a pro bowl in his career, not, not Austin Hooper. Austin Hooper's the epitome of an average tight end. Made two pro bowls, though. Yeah, but um, he's paid, baby. And, and so I think this is, is especially if um, a third wide receiver in that rotation doesn't emerge, like, we should, in my mind, we should be seeing more David Njoku moving around, being used as, as a true Swiss Army knife playmaker. I know the trade talks haven't been alive this year, but they were last year. Do, do you see him asking for a trade again? He said he's content now, so I don't know. I would. I, I mean, don't know. I part, If, let's say, three, four games of the season, like, he's, he's still, like, yeah. if he's get, playing behind the other two, then in that circumstance, yes, because to me... There's a lot of teams in the NFL that wish they had a, a tight end as talented as David Njoku. Maybe, again, he hasn't put it all together consistently, but his ceiling is so much higher than, like, multiple starting tight ends in the NFL. For sure. For sure. Like, is the C- Well, I guess you guys all have all the tight ends. Maybe that's a bad The Seahawks? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Every, yeah, I know. Would you, if you're the Seahawks, would you trade a fourth-round pick for David Njoku? Um... Uh, ignoring Everett and hopefully Disley. Yeah, like yeah, I mean, but I guess assuming 
Let, yeah, let's pretend you don't have a tight end. And they didn't spend any capital on Colby Parkins. Yeah, yeah, of course I would. See, in Pittsburgh, we've got a Pro Bowl tight end named Eric Ebron. So, <laughs> If the Steelers didn't draft Big Pat, Pennsylvania Pat, I think that would be a good I guess they wouldn't do it in the division, though. Would I would they? way rather have David Njoku than Eric Ebron. Yeah, I know. That's what I'm, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> Eric Ebron's made a Pro Bowl, though, baby. Pro Bowl um, tight end, so funny. I got I got a tight end talk coming, so don't worry. I mean, I already did one, oh. but I got more. Tight end talk. Okay, finally Pittsburgh. Um, like this is just another really obvious one, similar to the Jonah Williams one, but slightly different. The guy who went ahead of Jonah Williams in the twenty nineteen draft, Devin Bush. Um, pretty pretty impressive rookie year. Torres ACL year two. Don't get to see him make that big leap. Um, I think, again, for a rookie, he had a really good rookie year, but I, I almost felt like the hype entering year two was bigger than some of the play you, you saw. And, and this is a really important year to show that he mm-hmm. – because he really got picked on in coverage as a rookie, which, again, I, I, I take away some of that blame because it was his first year in the league and he, he was involved in so many splash plays. But even five games into this year, great defense. He wasn't the most impactful guy. Um Obviously, once you took him off the field, uh, you, you kind of – and once Robert Spillane got hurt, you really felt the the, the hole without Devin Bush there. But uh, this is a really important year to me for him to show his worth as a 10th overall pick as an off-ball linebacker. And especially looking like, at especially, what, what Devin White did last year too. I was about to say, especially when you factor in how good Devin White has been. And, and obviously, Devin White also has his, his uh, issues at times. Mm-hmm. Um, but Devin White is one of the most electric downhill playmaking linebackers in the NFL already. And like even if if you jump back uh, uh, to Roquan Smith as a as a top ten pick at linebacker, like Roquan Smith's been incredible for Chicago, and um, you you just really to justify taking linebackers and tight ends that early, they have to become like to me. They have to almost transcend the lack of value in taking yeah. them. Like, they have to become all pro players. So, you know what's funny? I was going to bring this up later when I did the Bears and when I did the uh, did the the Bucks. Neither of those guys have made Pro Bowls, Roquan Smith or Devin White. Yeah, Roquan which... Smith should have, though. Like, to me, Ro- Roquan Smith's already a top five off-ball linebacker. Yeah, he, he was second. Both of them were second team all-pro last year. But, like, they don't make oh. Pro Bowls because they put outside linebackers as edges and just two inside well, linebacker slots. Yeah. I mean, Levante David should be a Hall of Famer, and he's got like what two Pro Bowls? Let's see. Yeah. It's... Oh, he's got one. He's got he's got three All Pros, one Pro Bowl. That's so. <laughs> like the you best know, softball linebacker you outside know... of like uh, Bobby Wagner and Luke Keekley of this generation. You know, the Pro Bowl's broken when a guy can have three All Pros but one Pro Bowl. And he should have more All Pros, for the record. Probably, yeah. Um... Just so hard in the NFC when you had Wagner and like, Keekley. I was I was just gonna say after Keekley and Bobby Wagner, to me Levante David's like clearly the third best. If you went back, linebacker of this yeah, era right over the last ten years, absolutely, yeah, yeah, and should be considered as a potential Hall of Famer, and I don't think he'll even get close to that. Anyway, no. that's enough Pro Bowl. We've talked a lot of Pro Bowl today. Jumping to the NFC North. Yeah, speaking of Roquan Smith, obviously he wasn't my pick because he made a. All pro, and I think that's cheating. But uh, I'm going to his draft mate, right? Yeah, James Daniels. His 
draft mate from the 2018 class who was, is a younger guy, too. It's, it's only 23. Um, he tore his pack last year, week five. Uh, that ended his year. But before that, he was playing pretty well. Uh, probably his best year so far, um, especially after like they, they bounced him from guard to center the, the years prior, or from center to – no, from guard to, guard to center. Um, didn't look great at center the year before. Moved him back to guard, looked good. Um, he's turning 24 soon, but he's still young. I, I think he's primed to break out. Um, and as another guy, offensive lineman, I think a lot of these offensive linemen we're naming, um, the teams need them, man. Like, we saw the Bears stick their neck out and, and cut Charles Leno, which uh, I don't know if I'm I'm on board with. Yeah, it was bold. And obviously we're going to see Justin Fields on the field before too long, and we know how crucial uh, the offensive line is to young quarterback success. I mean, any quarterback success, but any – uh, especially young quarterbacks. So I, they need him to step up, and I think he's shown the goods last year that he will. I have a lot of guys coming off injuries, actually. Okay. Uh, I was, I was, <laughs> yeah, go ahead. I was going to say you could almost say him or Cody Whitehair, and then I checked Cody Whitehair made a Pro Bowl. Yeah, because I remember, I remember I've had – I think I might have had Whitehair when we did this last year or the year before, and uh, or maybe two years ago, yeah, and then he made one. Um, but I, I did have him, and I think they're both – I mean – White, it's funny that Whitehair has made a Pro Bowl, but it almost feels like he hasn't broken out yet. But I guess he has. He, he's been really good. Um, so Detroit. Way older than he, Cody yeah. Whitehair's twenty eight. That's weird. Twenty three. Yeah, he's turning twenty four in like a month or something like that. Uh, no, a week, a week or two. I don't know. Whatever. Um, Detroit. Jared Goff. Tell us why. Tyrell Crosby. Tell us why. Okay. <laughs> okay. Look, if if you ask me Alex who I was going to say, it is Alex Anzalone. <laughs> I swear to God. I, mean, I picked Alex Anzalone. Probably. Yeah. Okay. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you why. First of all, I had to do this for for the brand, baby. But also, Detroit, will you will you tell me why? Let, let me scan the roster and see if there's really any feasible pick. Yeah, like that's what I'm gonna say. Detroit is hard to pick for. Uh, like Ragnall's made the Pro Bowl. Hawkinson, obviously 2019, he's made a Pro Bowl. Uh, so they're only good players have either done it or were just drafted now. Like Matt Patricia and Bob Quinn left a fucking mess of a roster. But like I was going to say, who can capitalize off this mess? Alex Anzalone, baby. There's there's not much there at the linebacker. And he, he's following Dan Campbell and Aaron Glenn over from, from New Orleans. Um, he can get on the field. And this Lions defense is going to be on the field a lot. So I'm calling it now. 100 tackles for Alex Anzalone this year. I'm just like, okay. Well, for, first of all, yeah, there's... There's not a lot to pick from. I, I no, because a lot of the guys like if you were to uh, trying to argue wide receiver just because of their lack of wide receivers, you're arguing Brashad Perriman, <laughs> yeah, or, or Tyrell Williams. And, like, Tyrell had Williams a thousand yard like season, a, yeah. Or, yeah, I was gonna say Tyrell Williams <laughs> feels like like not to say he's broken out, but like not a fun pick. I guess I don't know. No. Um, and, and offensive line wise, like Jonah Jackson, he's not eligible eligible by our rules, uh, and obviously Ragnall's made a Pro Bowl. Penny Sewell isn't eligible. Like any of their fun players, how like, Vitae yeah, I, I should, thought about is like the only other option. Really. I, I was gonna say him. He's kind of an interesting one if you're like just he's probably the only guy I would consider on that offense. Yeah, yeah, right? for sure. Yeah. Um, and then yeah, defensively, I mean like. What are you gonna bang the table for Deshaun Hand? Like you know, like it's <laughs> there's not a lot there. There's not a lot. Into like a, 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 a Romeo Cora, I mean, yeah, I, I don't think he's made a Pro Bowl, but to me, like he broke out last year, right? Like he got yeah. the contract. He broke yeah, out exactly. last year. Um, 
Anzalone's a fun pick. I'm trying to. I guess him and we're, we're viewing him and Jamie Collins as the starters there. I guess. I guess. So, like, it's a bit of a disaster. Yeah. Uh, hey, I would have picked. If I were you, I would have picked Jelani Defy. No, but I'm not, not you. <laughs> sometimes, uh, you, you, sometimes we miss AJ. It's fine. Uh, yeah, it's fine. Uh, what was I going to say? Yeah. Corn Elder. That's my pick. <laughs> PFF uh, loved him when he was at the U seven years ago. Uh, yeah, I remember Cornell. They're sick. Um, yeah, I guess I guess that's the two. I don't even know how. Like, how soon do you think Derek Barnes is getting on the field? I also, yeah, like, I don't know. I don't know. It's a mess. That's why Alexander's only hundred tackles, guaranteed. Lock it in. Respect. Um, <laughs> I think Green Bay's got a pretty easy one here. Uh, Rashawn Gary uh, from twenty nineteen. He's yeah. only twenty three. Uh, he had a nice year last year. He had five sacks. He only played forty four percent of snaps. Um, He's definitely still coming into his own. Um, I, I think he's one of the guys you can really expect a big third-year lead from for, for Gary. Um, no, like, that's a good pick. Going into the draft, we knew he had all the talent. It was just the question if you could put it together. And I think like with how we've seen his first two years going, um, he's shown that he's on the path of putting it together and becoming all the talent that we saw. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, he uh, – as long – I think like especially – probably a handful of games in this year, there's a good chance he's playing a lot more than Preston Smith. I was going to say the exact same thing. Yeah, I think I think he takes the role from Preston Smith. Yeah. Uh, and to the Minnesota Vikings, tight end talk, baby. It's got to be Irv Smith. Um, he showed glimpses oh, of being... Tyler Conklin. Tyler Conklin, baby. <laughs> he showed glimpses last year. Only 30 catches, 356, five touchdowns. Um, he's still only 22, though. He's he's 23 two months from today, exactly. Um, and obviously, Zach Rudolph is out of town. It's Irv Smith's time to shine. And honestly, with the lack of solid tight end play that we've hinted at already, um, outside of the top end guys, the top three guys, would you be absolutely shocked if at the end of this year we're talking about Irv Smith in that top tight end conversation? No, because there's not enough good tight ends in the NFL right now. Like, I mean, just go and look at it. Yep. This one of my favorite my favorite talking points is you go and look at the ta- top ten tight ends and receiving yards, and you're like, half these guys I wouldn't think are top ten tight ends, but maybe they are just because there's not a lot of them after after the 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 top three dudes, uh, uh, Kittle, uh, Waller, and Kelsey. It's, it's a open. it's a pretty un sorry. It's wide open, yeah. Yeah, it's wide open, and and there's a lot of guys who I think are going to be vying for those those kind of those next seven spots uh especially this year uh with like i mean i think hawkinson yeah tanyan and then like uh it's just not clear there there's there's guys like irv smith there's guys like noah fant there's guys like dallas goddard they're all gonna see bigger roles assumably Mm -hmm. and and, uh have a chance to put themselves in that conversation um and, and the other thing when you look at the vikings is obviously the the uh thielen justin jefferson solidified but they still don't have that clear third wide receiver and they didn't really like they 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 took my guy amir smith marset in the fifth round but there's no one who you just pick out and be like that's their their third receiver Mm -hmm. and and so i think that means there's gonna be an even bigger role for smith this offense and and they must feel comfortable with that considering uh just uh getting rid of uh rudolph yeah no for sure and quickly going back to the pits thing it's it's almost like he's going to have like, – if he doesn't come out of the season as 
a consensus top 10 tight end. It's almost like he had a bad rookie year. You know what I mean? Like, that's that's the expectations. Yeah, no, I mean, it's it, he's got a really good shot to put himself in the top 10 conversation. I expect him to. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and that's kind of where we're at with him as a talent because he's so good. And it's, you got to assume the targets are going to be there that he will do it. Okay, and you know what else uh, people will be doing is uh, they'll be tuning into locker room after this Bruins and Islanders game, tied at one-one, uh, eighteen to go in the second period. I'm not wearing my glasses, so I can't confirm that that's the right number. Um, the Islanders uh, they got to play tougher. The Bruins they got to put more shots on the net. That's kind of this is almost like a mock locker room. Uh, a mocker room. A mocker room. Because uh, locker room is live. It's audio only. It's a sports talk platform. It's free to download and to use. And you get to get in on the action. You get to listen to people getting in the uh, action. Everyone's in on the action. Everyone's getting action at locker room. The locker room is the best place to get action. All you need to do is download the locker room app for any iOS app store, create a profile, and link your Twitter, and you're in. So go on down to the iOS app store. Uh, put some some uh some more apps on your phone and uh get in on the action afc south afc south houston texans oh no okay this is a horrible team (laughs) it's a gross team uh i think you can argue justin reed's already broken out but i had to pick him anyway yeah i'm fine with that yeah (laughs) yeah like uh he he's i think justin reed's the best player on that team uh him and Tunzel, yeah oh yeah I, I, sorry she just said defense um but yeah J- justin reed i think is quickly becoming one of the best young versatile safeties in the league has been ultra productive for three years nice little hit for rob and aj um still just gonna be 24 at the beginning of the year uh one yeah one of the 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 most impactful um defenders in the afc already uh, and uh, again, it's he's the best player on this defense. It's a horrible team. Hopefully, he gets more attention in a positive way this year. Yeah. It's well deserved at this point. It is well deserved. I don't know if that's going to happen, but uh, yeah, um, I, I thought you were going to pick your 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 guy. Well, I think we both liked him, but he's definitely more your guy, Charles Amenahieu. I considered him, but then I was like, the, my my kind of the way I looked at it was. Uh, I think he's going to play a lot more, but is he really going to break out given what's around yeah. him? Yeah, no, it's going to be the fair. Fo- offensive lines are going to be focused on Charles Amenahieu. <laughs> he's going to be getting double teamed every snap. Uh, yeah, I, I I was listening to the radio the other night. They're talking about um, like some some Houston reporter signed up for like season tickets, and they were like twelve thousand five hundred in line or something, and they just signed up, and they're like they got the call. Like no one wants to buy Houston Texans season tickets, and I don't blame anyone. That's Maybe bad. We should. I, honestly, I, I was gonna say for the bit we should sign up and see if we get a call. I want you to know that Taiwan Taylor's wearing number thirty-seven for some reason for the Texans. That's that's strange. Um, anyways, move no more Texans talk ever again. Okay, now, yeah, the, 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 you like this for the Colts, Bobby Okereke. Yeah, Bobby. That's two Stanford guys in a row, by the way. Sick. Are you gonna keep the trend up? Um, they, they, uh, they, they played Bobby Okariki like as a partial starter the last two years, mm-hmm. started 16 games in two seasons. Uh, Anthony Walker's out of town. 
It's finally Okariki's job to lose. Sticking him next to Darius Leonard. Uh, so long and rangy and athletic. And behind a defensive line that's consistently keeping Darius Leonard clean, I think Bobby Okariki's got a really good chance to rack up a ton of tackles yeah. and be a, a big-time playmaker. On one of the best defenses in the league, and they, again, they invested in it again by taking Deo and, and Quiddy Pay with their first two picks. So I'm pretty excited to see how how much playing time Bobby Okereke gets, and he he feels like a fun fit beside Darius Leonard. Definitely, yeah. No, I think that's a good pick, and <clears throat> I think he's definitely the, the second best linebacker on that roster, easily. Oh yeah, with oh uh, I mean after Jordan Glasgow, yeah for sure. <laughs> After Glasgow, baby. Um, what Stanford man are you going to pick for the Jacksonville Jaguars? Do they even have a Stanford on the roster? They drafted Walker Little. I know he's not eligible. Oh, yeah. Here. <laughs> to, to bang the table for Walker Little. <laughs> I love it. Who would you pick for the Jags? Well, okay, so this is one where I cheated. Okay. Um, I, put, I, put, <laughs> I put DJ Chark because – now this is how I win you back because you love DJ Chark. I do, yeah. Um, Sure, he made a Pro Bowl. He had a thousand yards, uh, not last year, the year before. I still feel like he's not considered a a guy who's arrived. The production dropped off last year, no fault of his own. And I think this is a, a chance for him to actually confirm he's a, can be a consistent a thousand yard receiver. Now he's got Trevor Lawrence. He's going to be the big play deep threat. We're hearing great things coming out of the camp about uh, Lavisca Chenault, who's more of that yak Swiss Army knife. And then Marvin Jones is just Mr. Consistent. Yeah. Um, I, I think it's uh, – Chark's going to become – like, you know, last year when Justin Herbert started hitting all those crazy bombs and it was a lot of the time to terrible wide receivers? Jalen Guyton, baby. I think yeah. sa- same thing in Jacksonville, but it's going to be a great receiver in DJ Chark. And he's got – he's going to be a really perfect fit for what Trevor Lawrence does uh, with the deep ball. So, yeah, I, I totally thought this when I knew – the Jags were getting the first overall pick. I'm like, yeah, this is great for DJ Chark. Uh, and then and then Urban Meyer comes in. I'm like, okay, this is great for LaVisca Cheneau. All aboard both of them. Um, you shouldn't have brought this up because you know, I'm fired up about this right now because Urban Meyer basically said DJ Chark sucks. DJ Chark is slow and, and thin, and he told him to add weight. So he's at, he's up to 210 now, which, I mean, I love DJ Chark. He seems like an awesome dude, you know, talking about the, all, all the mental yeah, health stuff too. I think Chark is the best receiver on this team. It, it seems like everyone's down on him. Um, so That's I, what I, I mean, that's why the break yeah. is coming. No, I, I like it. I, he's gonna, it's gonna be the shut the fuck up, Urban. Shut the fuck up, everyone else here. Uh, Lavisca, you're sick, but I'm still, I'm still sicker here. That's why I think. Love it. Thank you. Uh, okay, and to keep my trend on taking picking defensive tackles from the 2019 NFL draft for the Titans, I picked Jeffrey Simmons. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, he he was injured. As, uh, coming into that rookie year, came on really strong when he did get on the field late. Uh, I think a lot of people expected a big, big breakout last year. Good yeah. football player, but didn't really have that. And that defense wasn't very good. And now, it, it, to me, he it, it is time. It is time for him to become that consistent. Oh, my Islanders just scored. I'm so sorry. <laughs> um, to become that consistent game wrecker. Uh, and, and if, like, they they got rid of um, what's his name AJ, Casey oh last God. year, yeah Jarrell Casey last year and, and everyone kind of expected Simmons to really step it up yeah and he played really well but he he didn't become that all pro Pro Bowl dude they bring in didn't didn't uh, Danico Autry uh, they bring in Bud Dupree 
it's time for, to see this defense, especially Mike Vrabel's never really coached a good defense, just so everyone knows. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it's time for Jeffrey Simmons to be kind of that cornerstone of the front seven uh, in Tennessee. They need guys to step up on that defense. Obviously, the, this offense has got people. You know what? I, I just wanted to bring this up. It's a little off topic. But if you look at Twitter, I think the Titans are underrated. And if you look at big media, the Titans are super overrated after the Julio trade. It's kind of like this funny split dichotomy. Where I, and I think yes. realistically, they're somewhere in between. Where you know they're they're a ten, eleven win team probably. They're just consistent. Um, it's them and the Colts for the division, obviously. Like I don't know, but they definitely need guys like Jeffrey Simmons um, to step up on this defense. Well, yeah, they've been inve- they've invested, and obviously they just invested in that secondary. Yeah, uh, they've invested in the front seven between taking Simmons in the first round. They take Autry, or they sign Autry free agency. Um, they sign they sign Bud. They've got Harold Landry. They got Rashawn Evans. Yep. They've got guys who capital has been spent on. It's time to, for it to become something. Definitely, no, for sure. To the yeah. NFC South, AJ. The Atlanta Falcons. Um, I mean, I mean, look, Mike Davis is going to have the best year of his career, right? Right. Bless He's probably going to have a thousand yards. Honestly, yeah. Is but he's your actual pick. I don't know if you're doing a bit. It's not a bit. I believe that, but he's not my choice. Um, <laughs> okay, because like I believe that that's an okay choice. Yeah, no, it's it's Russell a good Gage. choice. Yeah. Uh, my choice is one of the men paving the way for him, Chris Lindstrom uh, from yeah. 2019 draft. Uh, he had a really, really, really nice start to the year last year, um, and you know the Falcons offensive line never never looking that great, but he looked really good. Um, it's kind of been the story of his of his career. I mean, after missing his rookie year. Um, and with with Arthur Smith coming in, he seems like that per- perfect fit up front to like do some row grading for Mike Davis, do do some lock it down pass bro, just like a a steady dude. And I don't know if the spotlight's going to be super on him, but um, he deserves it. Yeah, I think he's going to have a great year, a uh, really great year. Uh, Carolina, great pick. I, not to uh, I'm going to ask you, Brian Burns, is he broken out yet? To me, yes. Okay, he's my pick. I don't care. Uh, <laughs> well, like, it's similar to uh, Quinn and Williams, I think, though, in, in terms True. of... True, yeah. You, you know, like, I think he's there, but maybe not in, like, to the national media. Okay, yeah. So so this was my caveat. Like, he had nine sacks last year. Media. Yeah. I'm going to say Pro Bowl, uh, Brian Burns has a Pro Bowl caliber year. I mean, I don't know if he's going to make the Pro Bowl because it's the Pro Bowl, but he's going to have a Pro Bowl caliber year. I think he's going to obviously get into those double digits of sacks easily. Um, he's awesome, man. I think this Panthers defense is going to be one of the most fun to watch in the league this year um, overall. Because, I mean, Jeremy Chin was one of, probably my, my favorite defensive rookie to watch last year. Um, I I like these Panthers. He's still only 23, too. Um, I, I think this is the year where, where Burns really makes a leap. Not saying he hasn't had a really good start to his career. I think he makes really makes this leap. We'll see him in that thirteen to fifteen sack kind of range, and and maybe a Pro Bowl nod. Yeah, no, I think uh, him and it, I think him and Quinnen Williams, like he's the NFC uh, almost yeah. almost version of it, in where the leap is going to be big this year. And yeah, they're going to be considered two of the best at what they do. I like that. I, I agree. Um, one of the best of what he does, Eric McCoy. He hasn't made a Pro Bowl for the Saints, but I think that's going to change soon. So I haven't. I didn't pick him. I didn't pick him. 
I thought it was a little too on the nose. Um, <laughs> so where'd I go? I went I to the. It. Yeah, I know. I shifted. I figure you're gonna get pissed at me from McLaurin, so I had to do better later. <laughs> um, <laughs> so who am I gonna go to? One of our guys, CD Deuce Baby Chauncey Gardner Johnson. Um, who got into more fights last year than he has career interceptions, but that makes him even fucking sicker, in my opinion. Um, he's clearly a Pro Bowl shit talker. He had a really good rookie year. Um, I think I wouldn't even say a, a bit of a slip last year. I'm not going to say that. It just didn't didn't really elevate him elevate himself too much. Um, I, but I think he's really going to come into his own this year. Um, I think that the role is going to expand in that Saints secondary for him, uh, and I think I think it's going to be. I mean, he's he's a semi household name because he you know he's got a fun name and a nickname at least, and he got into a bunch of fights. But I think he's gonna be a like a, a bigger name because of what he uh, he does between the whistles, or before the whistle, not after the whistle. Good and job. lastly, the Tampa Bay Bucks, the defending Super Bowl champs. Um, again, Devin White didn't make a Pro Bowl, um, but I'm not choosing him because it doesn't count. Uh, so I'm going with with one of our guys, Alex Kappa. I think it's his year to break out. Like, he, he had um, his best year last year, for sure, but obviously got overshadowed on the offensive line, and, like, understandably so. Um, and then he broke his ankle in the wildcard game, but it's already back. He's practicing fully in OTAs. And, like, on a team that's running it back, pretty much, it was harder to find a guy, and but they're also going to have to find new guys to talk about, you know, come <laughs> come uh, good morning football or the fuck, right? So why not Alex Kappa, who who is showed that he he's he's got the talent on the field and he's making the leap, and I think he's gonna kind of elevate himself and, and really solidify that. I mean, the offensive line is obviously already really really good, but just really solidify himself. Yeah, I mean, again, we love Alex Kappa. He uh, he, he played well last year in his first year, really as a yeah true starter. Um, and and to get overshadowed because. Three of those other guys on that offensive line are awesome. Yeah, exactly. I also love that the interior of that offensive line is all like weirdo school dudes. Like, it's very obviously fun. Hobart, uh, baby. Uh, yeah, Ali Marpet, the king of Hobart, and, and Ryan Jensen, Colorado State University at Pueblo. <laughs> Tell me where that is. It's, it's in, in Pueblo. Pueblo. I don't know. And Alex Kappa, Humboldt State, obviously, but. Um, and, and then the, the 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 tackles are both Big Ten dudes. Yeah, I know it's it's, it's great. It's the a perfect very... way to build an offensive line. It's the perfect way. Absolutely, absolutely. Speaking of offensive line, uh, moving to the AFC West now, uh, the Denver Broncos. I, I picked Dalton Reisner. Um, was one of the best rookies in, in, two years ago. Uh, the offensive line had its issues last year. But you saw Garrett Bowles take a major leap thanks to the coaching of Mike Munchak. I think that leap comes to Dalton Reisner now, and he he, he actually does become a true Pro Bowl guard. Um, assuming he isn't forced to kick the tackle, which he also <laughs> played at Kansas State. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he's. I mean, he is. Uh, I don't want to say the like the the massive leap that Wyatt Teller took last year comes to Reisner, but that's kind of what I'm. The, the mindset I'm in with him uh, in terms of just killing dudes as a, as a power run blocker, just eating fellas alive. That's the Dalton Reisner way. And uh, you mentioned Chris Lindstrom earlier, and one of my favorite senior bowl moments all time yeah. was Reisner and Lindstrom playing together on the right side <laughs> of the offensive line in practice and just killing dudes and being 
being complete just shit talkers about it. So I'm I'm ready for the Dalton Risner rise. Oh yeah, I think that's the the perfect choice for the Broncos. Uh, my other Pro Bowl pick is is Nicole Hardman, who made a Pro Bowl as a return man. I think the leap comes as a pass catcher because it has to. Yeah. They took Cornell Powell in the sixth round. That was the only receiver they drafted. Um, after Tyreek Hill, I mean, obviously Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill are the, the one, two, but in the wide receiver room, it is super open and it is open because I think they believe in McCole Hardman uh, and they believe he puts it all together. We've seen 500 yards back to back years from him. I think we approach 1,000 this year just out of sheer volume, but also because his explosive playmaking downfield ability fits the Mahomes uh, in the Andy Reid way. And, uh, yeah, I mean, you let Sammy Watkins go for mm-hmm. a reason. I think it's because you believe McCole Hardman's got it. I think he's also a good pick because he didn't really take the next step last year either, you know? No. He, he almost, you, I don't want to say regressed, but. A little bit. Just little stayed bit. Yeah. in the, uh, yeah, like he wasn't, as didn't make as many dynamic, splashy plays last year as he did as a rookie even. No, for sure. And, like, he was one of those guys after his rookie year that had a lot of hype because, you know, he's fast and he's on the Chiefs. Um, no, yeah, no, I think that's a good pick, um, both in terms of, you know, just just name factor, and uh, he really does have to show up. Uh, and then moving to my Las Vegas Raiders, front of the show, leading sack artist from the 2019 NFL Draft. My pick's Max Crosby. 17 sacks in two years, the most in the draft. Brian Burns is uh, behind by a half a sack. Montez Sweat is behind by one full sack. Um, but the pride of the Mac, the pride of Ohio, a bobcat for life. Max Crosby was freaking awesome as a rookie, um, especially because I think he came out of nowhere for a lot of people. Just real, Mad Max has nasty hands. He's a twitched-up freak. You love the length. And he he didn't kind of take a big like a step from that in year two, but he was their best defensive lineman. He's the best player in the front seven again. Um, and I, I'm, I'm they they finally kind of put some more talent around him in that front seven, uh, and, and I think that takes some pressure off him and should allow him to have a, a double digit sack season potentially a Pro Bowl year. It was almost hard for him to top his rookie year, you know what I mean? Yeah, especially, again, with what was around him. Yeah, no, so it's like, maybe even not, maybe just even taking a sidestep is taking a step up, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, um, and then the, my the, final pick. Go ahead, yeah. The L.A. Chargers. I th- I'm going to let you guess who it is, AJ. Jerry Tillery. No. Same story. Uh oh, <laughs> I'm not even gonna. You got you gotta say his name. It's Drew Tranquil, baby. <laughs> Notre Dame King, the pride of Fort Wayne, Indiana. Of course, the report. K. Obviously, okay. We we both loved him a lot as a prospect, and he looked pretty good as a uh, as a rookie. Yeah. Uh, in a in a partial role, the reports prior to the season about him, especially from Daniel Jeremiah, who's the radio uh, color analyst for the Chargers, so he had a lot of eyes on Drew Tranquil, was like, this guy is going to be a pro bowler. Like, this guy's incredible. 
And then, um, and, and they drafted Kenneth Murray in the first round, and so you thought that that's their, their starting linebacker pair. And then he obviously got hurt in, in week one, and, and you don't see it. So as long as he's healthy, I'm ready to see him become the, especially the missing piece next to Kenneth Murray, where mm-hmm. Kenneth Murray is, uh, I, I don't love Kenneth Murray. I thought he wasn't very good as a rookie, uh, but he's such an explosive downhill dude who kind of struggle, struggles with his instincts and, and, and awareness, where Drew Tranquil can help make up for some of that because he seemed, at least when he was at Notre Dame, he was always in the right place and always making big, splashy plays. And I think getting him next to Kenneth Murray makes Kenneth Murray a better football player. I definitely agree. Um, but I love, I love Drew Tranquil so much. Uh, it, did, it definitely did suck that he missed the whole year pretty much last year. Um, Pro Bowl, are you calling it Pro Bowl this year? For Drew Trank, uh, yeah. as we know, off ball linebackers can't make it. That's that's a good, that's a good point. That sucks. But he's gonna be the one of the two. It's gonna be one of the two. I agree with you. Um, okay, NFC West. Uh, I am gonna keep the trend up of guys coming back from injury, but uh, I'm gonna start with with a with a non 2019 guy going back to 2018 uh, for the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, this one is for a friend of the show, Kern Trenuth. It's Chase Edmonds. <laughs> Um, it's got to be his time to snag that RB1 role in Arizona, right? Like, uh, James Conner, I don't think he's got a lot left. But he, regardless, I think he's more suited for that RB2 role. Ch- uh, Chase Edmonds is, the, I think, the most talented back on that roster. Yeah, and he's definitely the most talented. And, like, the, the, I mean, he had, like, 53 grabs last year. He ca- caught the ball pretty well, uh, 4.6 yards per carry. He showed he showed glimpses glimpses for sure. I think it's it's his time to shine there in Arizona. I don't know how how big of a year he's gonna have, but I think he's definitely the best back on our team. Um, I kind of struggled with the Rams, but I ended up I ended up picking uh, Taylor Rapp, who also missed a large chunk of the season last year with knee injury, um, and and then Jordan Fuller kind of stole the show from him, uh, and he was kind of just behind him. But but with jo- with Johnson gone now, I think both of them are gonna see a lot of time. And when he's been healthy and as a rookie, uh, Taylor Rapp played really well. And he had didn't he, didn't he have a hundred tackles as a rookie, if I remember correctly. So yeah, I think, like yeah, game. I should have should have looked at it, but it's it's okay. Um, <laughs> so I think I think Rapp comes back, kind of regains his spot. Um, Floyd kind of more the Johnson role, and and I think that's that's how it's going to be for the for the old Rams this year. Um, Niners easy one, uh, Debo Samuel who missed majority of 2020 uh it felt like he was going to be breakout last year and then obviously the injuries um but with, with Trey Lance coming in the ceiling is the roof for Debo Samuel right like I feel like in that offense it's, it's Debo's time to shine I know Brandon Ayuk is really a good player of his own I think he's going to get even better too but I, I think I think Debo's going to take a massive leap and really like cement himself and I think he would have done it last year if healthy I was going to say, the expectations – oh, my Islanders scored again. The expectations yep. were huge uh, entering the, the this uh, year two because as a rookie, he looked like a dude who did have that probable potential, that go-to guy, and then in a perfect sh- fit for Shanny, and then obviously, yeah, he got hurt. So this is a good year to see it happen for him. Yeah, definitely. And last, and definitely not least, the Seattle Seahawks. Another 2019 guy who <laughs> – I mean, didn't have the national expectations, but had expectations in Seattle um, towards ACL in week two. Marquise Blair, um, before getting hurt, he looked good, uh, both playing nickel and safety. Um, I'm not sure. They haven't talked about him too much, to be honest. And I'm not sure exactly what his role is going to be for the Seahawks this year. 
But I think I think when it's all said and done, he's back in that nickel role, um, especially with how thin that that corner room is, and how much confidence they they showed with him going into the season last year, and then what he showed on the field on the field. Um, so I I think he's gonna get on the field a lot, uh, and like you know he just you know balls to the wall, come downhill, smash guy, and I, I think if he if he can stay healthy, he's gonna really show some show something. How confident are you in that? <laughs> um, what type of what scale do you want this to be on? I don't care. I, Six out of ten. I'm not, any, I'm not super confident. Did you, did you consider anybody else or no? Not really. I don't think Seattle really had anyone clear to pick. To be honest. I mean, Alex the Magoo man's there, but okay. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Uh, uh, I guess did Nick did Nick Ballor already make the Pro Bowl? Yeah, he's already he's already <laughs> so he would have been the pick. Uh, yeah, or else it would have. Been. I mean, obviously DK already made the pro. Like, well, yeah, uh, you you could have said Will Disley, but I guess I don't know because I think Everett's it's it's I think Everett's going to be yeah. in front of him. Also, I think I think Disley. Not that he's he's a lost career, but I don't think he's ever going to be the player that he flashed because of the the, the terrible injuries he's had. Yeah. But LJ Collier, what about him? That was my second choice. I think it's Collier's here. I don't know. Like I, I, th- I really think it's it's Marquise Blair. I, th- I think you and Jim Nagy think so too, for sure. Look, Nagy sold me. You remember I wasn't I wasn't the biggest Blair fan, but I, he definitely showed it week one and into week two. Just like my Islanders are showing it right now. <laughs> 